show number seven of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. This is LT, Lena Taylor. And this is JK, Jungle Kitty. And welcome to our podcast. Look, Look at, at his butt! Hey! <laughs> hey, here we are! Hello again! Welcome to all our many thousands of listeners across the galaxy. That's right. Especially the ones in the Delta Quadrant. That's I just right. wanted to send a special hello out to them. You guys will get home eventually. That's right. And just to make you feel more at home, we're in a different location. We seem to always <laughs> be in a different location. And you're going to actually hear traffic going by. And um, I don't know, somebody may even drive into our car or That's a policeman true. may come by and say, why are you sitting in a car um, talking? The reason we're sitting in a car talking is because... Wait. What? Are we going to tell them where, what we're going no, to? No, well, I'm just going to say okay. we're going to see something. We're going to see something. Okay. There you go. It's not All right. <laughs> it's Star Trek related, and after we see it, we're going to talk about it. Yes, and I will tell you this much. If you took your brain out of your head, <laughs> soaked it in a vat of hallucinogenic drugs for several weeks, wrung it out, shook it off, jammed it back into your head backwards, and decided to take a wild guess, what are they going to see? <laughs> You wouldn't come up with Never. this. Never. Never. Not so even close. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It'll be fun. Okay. So um, while we're, we're starting the show, there's a couple of things we wanted to do first, sort of to, to do them. And then we have other things that we need to talk about later. Yes. Um, I wanted to just uh, get some business out of the way and say um, thank you to everybody who sent us email. Are we using Robert's rule of order, Madam Business Chair? Oh, do I have person? to call on you? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Well, let me talk for a second. Okay. Okay, I wanted to say thank you to everybody for the comments and for the email. And um, thank you for everybody who is now tuning in through iTunes. Yes, we're, we're so iTunes. excited to be there. And for all of the rest of yous, it would be great <laughs> if you subscribe through iTunes because um, apparently when more people subscribe through iTunes, our popularity rating goes up and then we get listed higher in their directory, which That's is right. a good thing. So please subscribe through iTunes. That and would we're, be good. we're very excited that when you go to iTunes right now and go to the podcast and do a search on Star Trek, look at his butt comes up. We're one of the top ones because there aren't that many, but we want to stay there at the top. Yeah, we want to be number one, actually. We're number one. We're number one. We're on top of that Enterprise crap that they put out from Paramount. <laughs> we are so much better than that. Yep. So there's those things. And I also want to say a special welcome to all of the listeners who came over because of Comic Geek Speak who gave us some wonderful recommendations. So I'm um, glad to have you on board. Of course, you're geeks, too, for Star Trek, because you like comic books. I right. That pretty much goes without saying. And I saw something. I meant to mention this to you, and since we're on the topic of comic book people, whoever put out the uh, the TOS comic books mm -hmm. is going to re-release a whole bunch of them in a bound book. Really? Yep. Oh, we're going to have to get that. Yes. That's good. I have some of those. Some, yes, I somewhere. know. We'll you, have to scan you, some of those you in. You showed those to me. Well, the one in particular um, has Uhura as a blonde. Which That's I right. <laughs> really fascinating. She's still called Uhura. She was bored, and blonde. so she put on Christine's wig. <laughs> it was like, you know... Or I, Rand. You know, yeah, actually, that's why Rand left, Rand. because uh, think, Uhura stole her wig and... I was thinking it was more like, um, I remember this one Lois Lane comic book where she got put into a machine that made her black so she could, yeah, for real, I have this, I'll find it, it's <laughs> oh, a box somewhere. Man. So this was sort of the reverse of that, they put Ahura in a machine that made her white so she could see what it was like to be a white girl. Okay. All right. I hope she had fun. I'm not endorsing this, I'm just telling you. <laughs> okay. Okay, I think that's the business. Yes. 
Um, and 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 now to a slightly more serious topic. Yes. We are recording this um, the day after the news came out that uh, James Doohan has passed away. And we're very sad. And we are. And we wanted to, you know, sort of pay tribute to him and pay tribute to Scotty. And I was looking around. I don't normally go read a lot of obituaries, but I read his in a few different places, but I wanted to read something that was in the New York Times obituary. And I love the New York Times. They are so classy. And in, in this is like the third or fourth paragraph of his obit. And I just love this. It says, Mr. Doohan later appeared in seven Star Trek movies and in Star Trek The Next Generation, a television series set 75 years after the original. The time gap was explained by Scotty's having jury-rigged a form of suspended animation, sending himself into a pattern buffer in the transporter, and keeping his matter circulating in the unit through a continuous diagnostic loop. Like all Star Trek explanations, it sounds good if you say it fast. Wow, they published that. That's amazing. Who wrote that obituary? Uh, John Schwartz. Oh, I have no idea who that is. Me neither. But what I like about it is it's not snarky. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of goes to the, the heart of of Dewan's gift and, yeah. and all of the Star Trek actors is that they made it believable. Totally. That, you know, for for an hour and for some of us 40 years, you could believe these things were possible. Absolutely. His, and he was great. I mean, he, he was the engineer that everybody expected there to be on a, on a ship because he was like every ship's engineer who yep. didn't want to do the stuff because he didn't want to push his engines too hard. But if he needed him to do it, he, you know what he was? He was the plucky comic relief, just like they say in Galaxy yeah, Quest. He, he, was, uh, he was. He was like was, that. He was wonderful. He brought a lot, a lot of color, a lot of uh, sincerity, and 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 a good reality yeah. to the characters. So um, he was, and he was always very kind to the fans as well. Yes, he yes. made himself available at cons the world over, and had a very loyal and de dedicated following, and was always very, very nice to those people. And I actually saw him at a con several years ago, but you know he was he was very weak. He was in a wheelchair, and that was sad, you know, for me to to see him like that, but. He still, he had the enthusiasm, um, and this was a con I was at where everybody's being asked to say their taglines, you know, so of course somebody wanted him to say the engines cannot take much more mm -hmm. or whatever, and of course he did it to, you know, huge thunderous applause, and yeah, he, um, I, I think he has a special place in many, many hearts. Yeah, it was really nice that they did that uh, celebration for him recently. Yes. Where they had all of the, the cast members come together. That was great. And you could see that he was really enjoying himself and all the, the adulation that he was getting. So that was um, great. The Times obituary also mentioned that. They are so good. Um, and I'm glad they actually had this quote in here because I wanted to mention it. According to accounts of the event, Neil Armstrong, the astronaut, was there. Mm -hmm. Mr. Armstrong said he hoped his next command would be a Federation starship mm -hmm. and added, if I get that command, I want a chief engineering officer like Montgomery Scott. That's and great. they didn't put this in the article, but he, he actually said something to do and like, so from, from one engineer to another, here's to you, Scotty, or something. But I thought, that's so good because there's this myth of, you know, the Star Trek geeks living in their mother's basement. Well, Neil Armstrong is not living in his mm -hmm. mother's basement. He is, he is a hero. He's a modern-day hero, mm -hmm. and Star Trek was, uh, Scotty was one of his heroes. Yeah, and, and I think I've read in other places that many of the astronauts who have flown into space were absolutely inspired by the people mm -hmm. on Star Trek. Yep. By Scotty and by Uhura and by everybody else who was there because they seemed so real and so believable. Exactly. So, you know, Godspeed, Scotty, we'll yeah. miss you. All right, I think we're going to take a little break and maybe talk about a few more things, and then um, we'll be back later. Hi, this is Michael Stackpole from TSFPN.com. 
We're really excited here because three of our member shows, Slice of Sci-Fi, Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, and TheForce.net have been nominated for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. These shows racked up nominations in four separate categories, People's Choice, Comedy, Movies, Films, and Top Rated. Because they're our people, and you're our people too, we're hoping they'll be your choice to win these awards. You can show your support for Slice of Sci-Fi, Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, and TheForce.net by heading over to www.podcastawards.com and voting for them. You can vote once a day now through July 31st for each show. Please vote early and often. Thanks for helping out. Hello, friends. We're back. We are back, and we have had such an experience, and we decided that this is the essence of our existence. Our reason for doing this is because we are boldly going... (laughs) Where the rest of you won't. Where no one would dare go. Except us. Except, well. And and a few other brave souls. A few other brave souls. We have had the most wonderful evening in the theater. And what we have been at is a little hard to describe, but basically it's a tranny show. And for those of you who don't know, it's a show in which the men's roles are played by women. The women's roles are played by men. So it's not a, a drag show, I mean, because it's going both ways like that. Mm-hmm. But this was a live, on-stage performance of the Star Trek episode, Mud's Women. As it says right, I'm looking at the flyer, it says, TV Land presents Star Trek episode four. So it was very early yes. in the run. And they don't improvise. They do the script, line yes. for line. <laughs> it, 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 it was delightful. We had such a good time. And for me, the highlight is the woman who played Kirk. Oh, was wonderful. so amazing. So wonderfully hammy and Shatner-esque. And her name was Lee Crow. And uh, she had the hair working. The hair. I mean, oh, the, the, it was The perfect. whole thing. She was so good. And I did speak to her briefly after the show, and I told her that we were going to plug the show on our podcast because it was so great, and it was very hard to get into. Their whole run was sold out, but they let us in. They did. It because was great. we were, I don't know. Because we're special. Nice-looking people. and uh, But they are extending. They're going to do more of this in September and October. It's in San Francisco. It's in a place called the Theater Tableau Vivant. It's very funny. The sets are so well done and so cheap. They're so incredibly cheap. Tell them about the buttons. Oh, so so we're <laughs> sitting there. So the, the show runs um, in two acts, kind of like the show on TV, right? So there's um, act one commercial, act two commercial, and then that's the break halfway through. And um, when the actors left the stage, we were kind of looking at all of the props and things, and I noticed that um, the control panels that they had made had little buttons on them that people were pressing. And I looked at them and I thought, oh, they look just like gumdrops. And then I kind of leaned over and looked more, and they are gumdrops. They are gumdrops. They used gumdrops to make the control panels, and they looked great. They looked great. It was was perfect. It was a wonderful show. It had some really funny, funny effects. I don't want to give everything away, but, like, the first time people actually come in, come in through doors, it's just a cloth curtain, Uh of course. But the curtain goes... (laughs) It was great, and then there were a couple times when what happens in the episode is one of the the lithium crystals gives out, and the ship kind of tilts to the left, (laughs) and everybody did it. They threw themselves to the left. It was wonderful. It was so good. Yes, it it was. It was was hilarious. It is well-performed. Like I said, I I think the top performance uh, goes to, to Lee Crow for playing Kirk, 
and she was very interesting to speak with. She also has been an Elvis impersonator. Yes, which you can tell. And yes, and she was very friendly. We did get a picture of her as Kirk, mm -hmm. and so we're definitely going we'll put that to up. post that. And we'll, they don't have a website, but I will post the link where I was originally sent to find out about this. The other wonderful performance I think really that needs to be mentioned is Scotty, because uh, this woman just had the wonderful Scottish accent for mm -hmm. starters, but also the right edge of that sort of hysteria Scotty had, which wasn't, you know, high-pitched hysteria, but, you know, just Very that intense. urgency. Intensity. Yes, intensity to everything. And Uhura was played by a big drag queen with big hair, and her name, we've got to mention her name just because her name's so wonderful, is Jazizi Cappuccino. It was great. And that, it, you hear that name and you can imagine what she looked like, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty she was much. like all three Ronettes. Oh, she was great. She had all of their hair. And she, at the end, you know, she uh, lip-synced Nichelle Nichols singing the Star Trek song in sort of a Star Trek disco it outfit. It was great. It was what Nichelle, or what Uhura wears when she wants to be a party girl. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was so good, and they all did such a good job. In fact, we commented several times that the acting in this was better than the actors on New Voyages. Um, definitely McCoy, definitely Spock. Definitely Spock. Spock was wonderful, and she had the blue eyeshadow oh, going. Oh, the blue perfect. eyeshadow. Just really a nice job with the makeup. Yeah, and we were commenting, you know, um, when people think about these kinds of um, gender reverse shows, tran tranny shows, they tend to think of it focusing on the men who are playing women. And, of course, in this episode, Mud's Women, there are the three beautiful women who were played by these three guys who were beautiful. Yes. And they were dressed up, and they had perfect costumes. The dresses were exactly the way they were in the episode. And um, the guy who's playing Magda had this wonderful accent. <laughs> it was very much the way I imagined the third Gabor sister, Magda, sounded. Yes. So that was great. Um, but... It was really focused on the women who were playing the men's parts, and they were all really good. I mean, y you tend to forget who, what, what the gender of the person playing it is because they were so deeply into the characters. Absolutely, it was just it was great. Absolutely, and that's the, another thing that distinguished this from, let's say, a drag show where yeah. you are never really allowed to forget mm -hmm. that this is a man's take on a, on a, a woman because mm -hmm. that's part of the act, and this was. This is very different, very funny, and we were honestly saying, well, maybe the next Star Trek that, that they do with Paramount does another one should be a tranny show oh. or something. Because Totally. <laughs> so my idea, so I said, you know. Of course, they won't even have great gay couples, so I don't think we're going to see trannies anytime if, soon. If they had these people, as good as actors as they were, even with sets that cost, you know, $25, <laughs> once a month do a Star Trek episode, and they put that out there on the Internet, people would pay to see it. It would be the highest rated mm -hmm. thing on the Internet. Yep. Because it was just wonderful. Everybody should see something like this. This thing should be on the internet. It should. It should. And um, like I said, they're extending the run. They're going to be doing this yeah. some more in September and October. And it is in San Francisco at the Theater Tableau Vivant. Very inexpensive. It was yeah. only $15. So we're going to try um, before the next run um, to talk to um, Lee, actually, to mm -hmm. do an interview with her. Yes, and maybe get some pictures and do some other and, things. And if and we can, you know, talk to the other people, that would be great, yeah. too. But anyway, we had a wonderful, wonderful time. And we just strongly recommend this. It was yeah. so much fun. Mud's Women. The Tranny Mud's Women. Yes. And uh, what's next? Maybe a Tranny TNG episode. That's right. Well, that's one of the things we were talking about was um, 
Will Wheaton yeah. um, could play Dr. Crusher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> His mother. So that's which my, would be very Oedipal. It, see, that's why I think it would be a good idea. I'm going to I'm gonna write to Will Wheaton, and I'm going to tell him about this show because he may not know about it, and he's a, he's a good guy. You think he doesn't know about this show, huh? <laughs> he might. He knows a lot of stuff. He's pretty up on things. You know, I for all of you people out there, Will Wheaton is one of the few celebrities who actually writes and, and he writes his own blog, and he answers email that he gets and he himself answers the email because right. he's just one guy so those other celebrity sites they're not reading it they're not answering it no and don't kid yourself right and that's something we were talking about on our way to the show is the the naivete of the people who who think you can post to bill shatner's bulletin board and say hey bill call me you yeah. know i'll send you a pm let's get together and, and he's gonna like pick up the phone or whatever and yeah because you know Bill spends every day reading that website. He yeah, goes he's, through all the boards. He's all the given farms. up the horses and all of that and to to hang out on the BBS. On the internets. On the internets. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other thing when we were talking to Lee who played William Shatner and uh, gave her my card and she said something like, You know, I'm I'm totally computer illiterate, <laughs> which makes her exactly like Shatner too. <laughs> but she goes, I just say computer on <laughs> And, you know, if somebody said it in that voice, I wouldn't be surprised if the computer, if the computer actually came on, because that's the way it should be. That's the way it should so, be. So uh, look for more information on this in, in like a month or so um, when they're gearing up for their next run, and, and we'll put it up there. But, um, man, yeah. oh, man, this is the best thing. If you're in the Bay Area, definitely definitely try to hit this. It'll be yeah. a highlight of your, your trip or your evening, whatever. So we're going to take a little break. Yes, we and are. And then we're going to come back. We have lots of other exciting okay. things to talk about. All righty. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. No, not a real commercial. This is just to tell you that you can find us at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com where you can leave us messages, you can leave us suggestions, or you can send us email. This whole podcast was recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. So on our next segment, uh, so we noticed, um, and I need to actually change the show description, because a large portion of this show seems to be devoted to sex toys. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Not a bad thing at all. No. And so now we're going to talk about sex toys. Yes. Because why not? <laughs> so the first thing I wanted to say is I was browsing around the internet, as I often do, because I like to do that, and um, I went to a site that's called Blowfish, and <laughs> despite its name, it's a, a site for sex toys, and it's actually a very good site. They have very long and detailed reviews and information about all of the toys that they sell, um, and the ones that particularly intrigued me were a couple of different ones. Um, remember a couple of shows ago, we were talking about sex toys that don't look like sex toys. Mm -hmm. These things don't look like sex toys. In fact, they look like art objects to me. Like maybe some kind of, oh, I don't know, futuristic salt shakers or something? Well, yeah, like, or the one that, that we're looking at on the screen right now looks to me like something you... you you might um, squeeze to exercise yeah, hand muscles or to work out your uh, ergo thing. Ergo, yeah, yeah, your wrist wrist problems. So they're really, <laughs> really, they're very cool looking. And um, the one in particular that I wanted to talk about now is called Lily. Lily. What a lovely name. <laughs> um, it says this high-end rechargeable, so it's rechargeable, which is just great. You don't have to buy batteries for the damn thing. 
Um, it's a vibrator created by a Swedish design team. A so Swedish team. Maybe you could yeah. buy it at Ikea eventually. I don't know. Um, it's a beautiful, sleek, sensual, ergonomic design that is a joy both to see and feel, and it's very quiet. Also a big plus. Yes, that's nice. It, you know, it actually looks kind of, I'm looking at it, it's like a computer mouse that got bent a little in the middle. Doesn't in a it? good way. In a good way. <laughs> it looks very friendly. Well, and we were talking about making sex toys that look like other things. So, yeah, a sex it, toy that looks like your you mouse. You could put it on your desk, and people would think that it was like a remote control Wouldn't mouse. Wouldn't you just be dying to right-click? Oh, definitely. So it has variable speeds. It comes in different colors. It comes in a little bag. Buttons can be locked for storage so it doesn't accidentally turn itself <laughs> on. And party alone really? without you. <laughs> so... The bottom line is, this thing is great, and I want one, but it costs $114. <gasps> well, well, you know what? Hey, maybe you could get a used one on eBay. <laughs> oh, a used vibrator. Oh, darn. Well, you go to eBay, and a lot of them are, you know, like, this isn't used. This is brand new. It's never been opened. It's still in the original packaging. I got three for Christmas, so All I'm right. selling it for 75 All right. I'll have to look that up, but in the meantime, <laughs> if anybody wants to buy me this vibrator... <laughs> Just for research. Right, right. Because, you know, that's part of our show, is yeah, talking about this What kind we of won't stuff. do for you people. Or, alternately, you guys could just take up a collection and send, <laughs> send us the money. Because <laughs> we want one. We really, really, really want one. Well, you know, and if you're passing the money, get two. I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do some that's research. True. And, you know, like, I don't need another rabbit pearl. I have one. Right. It's great, and that's fine. Do and you I know don't... I broke my rabbit pearl? Oh! <gasps> How did you do that? Do I want to know how you no, did that? No, I mean, it just, you know, I guess I had too much fun, and the oh. rabbit pearl said, okay, you win. <laughs> wow, that's sad, actually. That's really pretty, I mean, in a heartfelt way, that's not <laughs> pathetic. It's not pathetic. It's sad, like, oh, well, I'm, I'm so I'll, sorry. You know, I'll get another one at one point. Okay, well, that's good. Um, I'm looking on eBay right now. Yeah, under there sex are, There's vibrators. I'm looking See? at vibrators, but I, I guess they're new. I hope they're new. They're all from England, though. Oh, British sex toys. That's really pretty strange. Yeah, look. They're all in... Rabbit vibrators. Well, but they're all in pounds. Why would you do that? Well, because they're British. Oh, and did you also know that you can buy the Fukuoka thing as a glove? Yeah. That's creepy. That's like a Borg vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Okay. It totally is. Okay, that's all I have to say. I want one of those lily vibrators. You can buy them at Blowfish. Somebody buy me one. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please buy her a vibrator. Okay, I want to talk about, um, also on the subject of sex toys, good vibrations. We've mentioned them before. There is a website, and they also have several stores in the Bay Area. They're wonderful stores. It's wonderful stores. We've shopped there. We've both bought things there. It's um, it's not sleazy. It's woman-oriented, but mm -hmm. they sell things for men, and I get their catalog. Yeah. And the catalog, again, it's... It's fun to look at, and it's, it's fun to read, but I got the new one, I was reading it, and they have new people naming these toys and writing the descriptions. Okay. Okay, and I, I marked this one, and Lena is seeing this for the first time because I kept it away from her. Okay, here's the this, reveal. This is a toy called My Krabby. <laughs> First of all, Krabby is misspelled. Misspelled. C-R-A-B-Y. But when I'm playing with the sex toy, I don't want to think crabs. That's that's creepy. It looks like Krabby. My Krabby or my Krabby. <laughs> and looking at the picture of the thing, you can't tell what the hell you're supposed to do with it. But it's got eyes. And I don't want my sex toy watching me, judging me, thinking I make a funny face. 
But I want to read you <laughs> the description of my Krabby, and you tell me. This tells us what you use it for. You tell me if you're going to rush out and buy this for Maybe. 45 bucks. My, what a friendly and energetic little crustacean. Oh, God, a crustacean. My Krabby attaches to the outer labia for a hands-free buzz that does not interfere with penetration. The clip design provokes a comfortable grasp on the vaginal lips without pinching. Nice crab. Oh. The motor offers 10 speeds, including 7 pulsing sequences and 3 levels of vibration. Fun to use with or without a partner. Bullet measures 2 inches long, 1 and a quarter inch wide, and is covered in soft rubber. Controller is plastic. It's orange. An orange crabby sex toy. Can I just tell you that I'm looking at the Blowfish site and they have it listed here too? This is hilarious. It says... <laughs> My Krabby? We must admit that the name of the toy is not the first thing that would have popped into our heads when trying to think sexy. Thank you, Blowfish. But we guess that calling it the Langostine of Love wasn't much better. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah, it's got big Google eyes. Yeah. Really pretty big Google eyes. I wouldn't want a crab. I wouldn't with want eyes. a Krabby. Okay, wait. The, the catalog gets worse. Crabs masturbation just no 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 the cal okay okay what next okay the next thing they're really overboard into cute this looks like if fisher price or play school mm -hmm. went into sex toys and this is called flexi <gasps> felix oh my god he is totally giant google eyes at us and this is um beads and he's supposed to be a caterpillar no, no, no. I don't want to think about a caterpillar going up my ass. This doesn't <laughs> this doesn't do it for me. And it makes me think of that wonderful oh. story, um, Slugfest. <laughs> but again, I don't want slugs going up my ass either. But he's got huge goo-goo eyes. And it says, soft, flexible, stylish, and 100% high-quality, stretchy silicone. These new beads maybe be... See, they don't even have a good poof reader. Maybe be <laughs> the cutest anal toys we've ever seen. I don't want cute. Okay. Cute anal toys. Cute anal toys. Dubbed the Little Joyful Caterpillar. Oh, God. Felix features differently sized, elliptically formed beads that stimulate and feel great when gradually inserted and pulled out. Can be used anally or vaginally, but, you know, wash in between those yeah. two things. Uh, light blue or black silicone. And this is $28. And I swear this has been a character in a cartoon. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. That is actually pretty frightening to me. That <laughs> that's face. what I thought. Does he have antenna? Yes. Oh, see, that's wrong. That's yeah. just wrong. And his eyes are crossed. So he looks really confused, like when he's going up your ass, he's not <laughs> sure hey, about this. Where am I this. going? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not good. This is not good. Oh, now, on my. the back... They have three toys, two of which I can identify and one of which confuses me. What's that me. other thing? Is that the Eye of Sauron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to know. There's the, the ducky, which you I have. have. I have the ducky. Yeah. It's, you know, ducky floats in the tub and it vibrates and it's called I Rub My Ducky. Yeah. Then there is this this thing and it's called a Tickle Pop Zzz. And it looks like Sauron's eye to me. It really does. I mean, it looks like a stripper's doorbell. Oh. And so I don't know what that is. And then there's a thing called I rub my wormies. 
Again, eyes. Eyes, yeah. Like, at least Wormy does not look as scared (laughs) and worried about this as Flexi Felix. But, um, again, they still have the great choice of rabbit pearl and Mm -hmm. things like that. But my crabby. My crabby. Teeny weeny. This doesn't inspire me. Purple plunge vibe. I mean, that's okay. At least that sounds like something. But they also have one called Golden Boy. Which, oh, yeah, that's okay. I like that. That's okay. But um, do they still have like the Jeff Stryker models? Those always fascinated me. Oh, I don't Those know. Are funny. I don't know. But anyway, looking uh, through this and thinking, oh, that that's not not good to see good vibrations going into the hyper cute. Like, are they trying to be Christian family friendly now with sex toys or I, something? I'm very worried know. about our society that way. <laughs> that we're we're just going in weird directions, but. I got to talk about, you know, we want to do a line of sex toys. Oh, yes, toys. of course, the Star Trek sex toys. The Star Trek science fiction sex toys, and I got to thinking about them mm-hmm. and what, you know, what they should be, how we can market them, what we can name them. Oh, yeah. And, okay, we can't call them Star Trek sex no, toys. No, of course not. Paramount will come yeah. right after us. You know, we call them future sex Star toys. Star Wars sex toys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would just solve all science our problems. Science fiction, sex toys, yeah. whatever. But we can't make a really classy, beautiful, wonderful dildo and call it Captain Kirk, right? Uh-huh. But. What? What? We could call it the Captain. Oh, there you go. And I had a great idea. <sighs> I'm so pleased with myself. I am a genius. The Captain comes in a gold velvet pouch. Uh-huh, uh-huh. With two and a half stripes around oh. it. Oh. And the Captain also has a green velour wrap-around pouch <laughs> for, for special occasions. That's brilliant. And then we could have variations of it, and oh, we yeah, would never name it Kirk, but we could name it things that Kirk was called. Yeah. Because they can't trademark Jim Darling. That's true. Or Laddie Buck. That's true. That's brilliant. I think that is really brilliant. We could, we could, you know, and we couldn't name, like, the Green Double Ridge one, the Spock. Right. But we could call it the Alien. That's true. I think we could. What's the other word for Vulcan? Vulcan Vulcanian. No, but, I mean, in actual, (laughs) no, in actual mythology, right? Oh, is it Hephaestus or something? Yeah, it's Hephaestus. That's what it is. So we'll call it Hephaestus. We'll call it Hephaestus. Everybody will know. Of course. They'll know. We're telling you. (laughs) You'll know. (laughs) They'll know. This is like when Felix Unger was giving clues on password. Hephaestus, you know it's Spock. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Captain and I, I think and Laddie right. Buck and Jim Boy and I really like that. I think that's a great idea. Well, we're gonna have to get to work on that. And if anybody would like to fund us, <laughs> back <laughs> us, back us for this venture, that would be great. We're gonna make tons of money on this. I swear. Yes, we are gonna make tons of money. And uh, what else have we got coming up? Oh, um, we have uh, a couple of clips. So let's take another little um, interlude and maybe a commercial. And um, then we've got some things that we're going to play, and then I, I have a little thing that I want to say. So hang on. We'll She's going right to fire me. I'm going to be laid <laughs> off on the air. How no, humiliating. No, 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 no. <laughs> this show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network, tsfpn.com.
Yeah. So, um, one of our listeners by the name of Promo Guy, great name, yes. um, did two wonderful things for us. First, he hooked us up with a Gmail account, which is great. So now we have a new account where you could send us email if you want to, and it's, guess what? Look at his butt at gmail.com. Yes, so um, write to us there. You can write to us there. Of course, you can always go to the blog at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Either of those ways are fine to get in touch with us. So thank you for that. But he also did something totally <laughs> hilarious, which is that he took the segment from um, a couple shows before where we were talking about uh, Shatner's EVE on Obsession. Obsession, yes. And he added sound effects to it. <laughs> and it's so funny. So I just wanted to play for you guys right now the first portion, the first couple seconds, so you could get a feel for what it's about. And I'm going to put the whole link up at the site so you can all listen to it. And the sound effects continue throughout and actually get really silly right at the end. Oh, he it's... Kinda he does some really wonderful Throws in ones. everything in the kitchen sink. It's, it's really amusing. But so. he, he's got really good timing where he puts a man in the right sound. Yep, and it's exactly the right A sound. whole new dimension to that discussion. It's almost as if we were playing to sound effects. <laughs> as if it were scripted. But yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. He it just... totally wasn't. Okay, so, so here, here's a sample. This is what it would sound like. I've seen a part of myself no man should ever see. Okay, so now we are at one of our favorite, favorite segments of our show, which is dedicated to EVEs, <laughs> and I will remind you that that stands for Extremely Visible Erection, and talk about <laughs> Extremely Cartoon track, yeah. They should have put those in the animated series. Yeah, promo guy. That we really appreciate you putting the time and the effort in to to do that because it was so funny. It was great. So if other people have things that they want us to play like that, we're happy to do it on the show. We would love to share the spotlight with our many fans because you probably have fun things to say too. Um, okay, so. Um, <laughs> The next thing I, I wanted to do, I'm going to try and make this work, and we'll see if we can do it, but I was thinking, because I was on a plane a lot last week, and that leads you to think about things as you stare out the window and try and avoid the people sitting next to you, um, and I got to thinking, you know, there are probably a lot of people out there who really don't understand why we're obsessed with William Shatner. Go figure. So, anyway, so this little segment that I'm going to do right now is, is my, my little thing on this topic, and it's called William Shatner. Charm and hotness. <laughs> oh, bravo. I can't wait. I can't so, wait. So I'm not working from a script here. I'm just talking about it. A lot of people only know Shatner as sort of the hammy actor. Who have you've seen him in things like in T.J. Hooker and on Boston Legal and all the rest of it. And Impulse. Impulse and things <laughs> like that. But didn't really see him in Star Trek. Or when they see him in Star Trek, they don't see past his his acting style and stuff. But when you look at William Shatner in 1967, he was one of the most beautiful men on television. Yes. He really was. He was a handsome man. He had a great body. He had a great butt. You know, he, he was male and not ashamed to have his maleness sort of out front, but not in a threatening way. Yep. And that's one of the things that, that I personally, and I think you do too, find so appealing about Shatner is that he's a straight man, but he's not, um, there's a little music coming in here. He's not a straight man who hates women or who has to use his maleness to dominate women. So even though he's had his long history of being a womanizer, it's not because he 
wants women to be objects to him is because he loves them and he respects their womanness. And that's what he's really in love with, is just being with women. And that's why he is such an appealing guy, even now, even yes. as an old guy. I could not agree with you more. He still has the charm and the hotness. <laughs> when you see him do interviews with women, he just kind of turns it on, and they melt into little puddles at his feet. We have a tape of, of an interview him. where this woman doesn't even know what to do with herself anymore. So I want you all to take a moment to observe the charm and hotness of William Shatner as Captain Kirk and, and beyond that too and just think about what it would have been like to fuck him because we think about that all the time. <laughs> we really do. And it's something good to think of so I'm just going to leave the music to fade out a little bit at the end because it's a nice song to think about. <laughs> Oh, that was wonderful. Uh, oh, thank you. So, yeah, that was just my little thing. And I thought the music would go really well with Yes, it. yes, <laughs> yes. That was very good. Oh, so I think that's our show for now, because um, that was a lot. And so we wanted to talk about some of the things that will be coming up. Mm -hmm. So, for one thing, um, Spike TV is going to be showing right. the DS9 episode that was called Trials and Tribulations, which was this amazing... Um, special effects thing where they made the cast be part of the original Star Trek Trouble with Tribbles episode and it was great it was really well done they did it with a lot of affection I have it on a tape at my house somewhere but I can't find it I've been looking for it for like a year and a half <laughs> so me the taping impaired one is going to uh, to tape this mm -hmm. for us to review so that will be a really good thing um, what else? We have some other things coming up, do we not? Um, we have the improv show that oh, we're yes. going to go to. There's going to be a Star Trek improv show in out in San Francisco coming up in a couple of weeks that we're going to go see. Um, we saw one once before, and it was so hilarious. It was really very, very funny. And, and what they do is they improvise an entire, if they're doing the same sort of thing, an entire Star Trek episode. It is not scripted. And they aren't really doing a specific character specific mm -hmm. track you know it's it seemed mostly TOS although it had some TNG to it and these people they know Star Trek they're incredibly quick talented improvisational Very actors good. and we had an absolutely wonderful time um, the audience ended up playing I believe a, a temporal rift at we the did end. we was, did it was great it was a rift in the space-time continuum and we got to throw things yes which was really cool and those were the the time loops we the were throwing we were throwing time <laughs> loops back and forth and and you know how can you not love a show that has a character that's the ship's clown <laughs> I mean honestly <laughs> well I like at one point this has always stayed with me the, one of the underlings is left in charge. He has the con. Mm -hmm. So he's sitting there, and another guy comes in and sees him and goes, The big chair. <laughs> Whoa. Gives him a big thumbs up, you know. And you know that happened. It's he's in the big chair. The big chair. So we've got, we've got that coming up. We've got Boston Legal. That's Boston starting. Legal starting up again um, in August. And we're going to, you know, just be waiting for that and dying to see the, the Shatner Spader bedroom scene. Oh, it's going to be great. And, uh... And what the fallout on that is going to right. be. And uh, we had a request from uh, someone in our, our comments um, to watch the Nomad episode and say what we thought about that. Right. So we'll definitely do that. Yeah. And, and another request we had, and we can cover this one right now, was somebody saying, could you talk about Spock's bug? Oh, we could talk about that right now. And uh, we're going to post, we have um, a, a screen cap from a movie he did a few years after Star Trek called Catlow, mm -hmm. where he is naked. Naked, he, you can see his butt. You can see his butt. It, you know, it's a nice butt, and it's a much nicer butt than I ever thought it was going to be. Yeah. 
you know, it didn't look like much in his Star Trek uniform, but, you know, Bill's is so round, it, you know, it's kind of like everybody else an asteroid next to the full moon, so... But yeah, it's a nice spot. It is a nice spot. So we'll put that picture up there. That's pretty interesting. We did not do the screen cap. I think this was something that we just found online somewhere. I quite or possibly, but I have it, it somewhere on yeah, my, yeah. my computer. So we'll put that up. And you know, um, I, I think getting back to why Shatner as the sex god is so appealing, <laughs> the Vulcans on TOS, so the way Nimoy and Mark Leonard played Sarek was much more understated, which is the way it should be. You know, Vulcans are supposed to mm-hmm. be like that. And it's a different kind of appeal. It's a much more understated appeal, and there's just other things going on. And, and Shatner's whole persona as Shatner, but as Kirk also, is just so much more out front in that, you know, unrestrained, joyous sort of sensuality. Absolutely. And one of the, uh, several years ago, he was being sued simultaneously by two mistresses, <laughs> if you remember, for palimony. <clears throat> and one of them, at the time she's suing him, said... He's fantastic in bed. I've never been with anybody who, who's this good in bed. This is someone who's suing him, so she's pissed off. And this is the, the worst thing she has to say about him, is he's better than anybody else in bed. And she or the other one also said that it is so easy to get into a man-woman thing with him mm-hmm. because he loves women. And you see this. I mean, there's a photograph of him talking backstage to um, Janeway, uh, Catherine. I'm blanking on her name. Uh Whatever. I can't remember. Okay. Janeway. And just his body language, the way he is turned into her. And it, it doesn't look like he's on the make, but he just, he, he gives such total focus. He does. He totally does. I, I, I remember the, the one episode, uh, not episode, when he was on Roseanne's talk show. Yes. And they were talking and just doing it, and he was doing the Shatner thing and turning it on him, and she just kind of stopped and looked at him and said, you're a sexy old thing, aren't you? <laughs> That's right. I'd forgotten that. Yes. It's just there. That's it's just, just the way he there. is. And he's able to turn it on at will. And the other thing you were saying, too, about his acting being so is so honest and upfront and I think you know that's really how he is but somebody said he's a very hard on his sleeve actor mm-hmm. and I like that because I think that's part of what makes him so easy to mock mm-hmm. and also so effective he holds because nothing back he is so brave as an actor he is always working it always trying something new he is not afraid mm-hmm. to make a mistake if there's a chance it's going to come out really well mm-hmm. or a chance that he's going to discover something new in the character. Mm-hmm. And and especially in Star Trek where, you know, they weren't going to spend money doing a lot of retakes just because he said, I didn't like the way I did that. And so we get these really horrible moments like when he t- sort of turns into Ted Baxter in the turbo lift <laughs> in that one, I'm losing my ship. It's like, oh, Bill, bad choice. But, you know, i got to respect him that he's not phoning things in, that he's not always going with mm-hmm. the safe choice. Yeah. No, it's true. It, it's it's interesting that um, none of the other treks that came after that allowed one single actor to to do that. And I, you know, times change, and they were on different mm-hmm. schedules and stuff like that. But there was never one actor who so managed to um, dominate in the way that he did. And you know, granted, he's the star of the show, but you know, Patrick Stewart, being the kind of actor that Patrick Stewart is, didn't take those kind of acting chances, even when. They let him go full out, you know, the episode mm-hmm. where he has the mind meld with Sarek and, you know, he has to go bonkers for a little while. It's 
he does it in the way that you would expect, but he, he never gets as far out there as, as Shatner gets. Everything is much more controlled, and I think that was true of, of all of the series. They were, they were much more an ensemble piece also. But, you know, I think, too, when, when Shatner was coming up through the acting ranks, you know, especially in television, live television, just getting started, a lot of those people came out of theater training. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it was more theatrical. And to me, the amazing thing is that what he does is so theatrical and it works on the screen mm -hmm. because most people if you give a theatrical level performance it's 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 hard to watch mm -hmm. i mean it's it's much too big and i think by the time tng started and certainly everything else everybody had you know gone to to special school for acting on television acting for the camera mm -hmm. and this sort of thing and it's a whole different mm -hmm level of acting yeah yeah i think a lot of the the tos is much closer to theater than it is to television mm -hmm. which is and why it's so good well here's here's why it's so good this is in time magazine uh -huh. just this week with the picture of carl ah! rove which <laughs> normally would go absolutely right into my trash immediately but so scary. you should t take the cover off and yeah in the trash let's let's just rip that up and We'll just yeah. throw that away right Thank now because we don't want him interfering with our <laughs> trackness. But this is a, a movie review by Richard Schickel of uh, The Island. Oh, yeah. It's a movie about clones. I mm -hmm. saw The Coming Attraction. It didn't look particularly interesting because I just read a really good book that told the same story. But I want to read you the last two sentences because I think it sums this all up. But for all the menace of its techno-prattle, its implicit boosts for humanism, and its swell production design... The picture is finally a bore. Sci-fi was more powerful when its special effects were cheap and crude, its ideas simple but potently stated. Mm -hmm. Now think of how effective, not just Star Trek, but the Twilight Zone episodes mm -hmm. are that you that stay with you, that you can still watch mm -hmm. and still, in you know, they're, they're cheesy black and white and everything else, but they are simple ideas communicated well with the focus mm -hmm. on the human beings. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think that that was um, part of the problem with TNG was that they did have good writing and they did have ideas, but it was overwhelmed by everything that was around it. Yeah. Because you couldn't, you couldn't make it simple. Yes. There was too much stuff that complicated it and there were too many actors and too many storylines and they felt like they just had to give you everything all at one time and it could never focus on just the one. in fact now that I'm thinking about it some of the best TNG episodes were the ones where it did get really simple mm -hmm. like there was the one where through some plot contrivance everybody had to get off the ship and the pirates broke on and then and then you know Picard has to battle them all by himself it was a great episode it was perfect it was like he had to solve the problem all by himself and it was through his own cleverness mm -hmm. that he was able to do it it was very Kirk-like in that way well, thinking about, too, when we were talking about New Voyages recently mm -hmm. and how I got lost in the time yeah. travel stuff, it got too complicated and it tripped on its own feet. There's not a single TOS episode that makes me say, well, I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> no, that doesn't no, I could I could follow it. And believe me, really, I'm not a stupid person, and I don't think most people are stupid. I don't think it's a question of... of you know, us not being able to follow. It's it's them doing too much and it's trying to much. jam it into an hour with their their special effects and everything. And face it, I honestly, lots of times I think they look at it and they go, okay, well, you, you see how we all snicker at TOS now because of the, the, the cardboard sets and everything. And we don't want people snickering at our show. In 20 years, they're going to snicker at your show because the technology will have far mm -hmm. outstripped it. So just... Face it, you know, do what you can with the technology, but put your focus on the story, on the characters, 
and and run with that mm -hmm. you know let us let us become involved let us take those characters to heart and we can't with all the other stuff you're throwing in front of us and yes do cast trannies <laughs> Always. 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 Yeah, yeah, we're going to try and get a meeting with Berman and pitch that to him. You can't lose with trannies. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, cool. Um, I think we're done with this for now. And uh, we'll be back next time with even more um, crunchy Trek goodness. <laughs> I just made that up. It's great. That was pretty and good. And it's good for you, right? <laughs> it's always good It's in the you. food pyramid. It's in the food pyramid. It's at the top of the food pyramid. <laughs>